Are you ready to get provoked? You're listening to Can I Live, a show created to excite, ignite, and expose. Let's tune in with your host, R.W. Jones. All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you guys are tuning in. Yes, that is the OJs for the love of money, you guys. I know I let that whole thing pretty much play to the end, but I want to welcome you guys, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Can I Live podcast. Very, very, very excited to have all of you guys here with us. And for you guys who are coming, I think it's very important, this topic that we are discussing, it is major. We're talking about Section 8 moves. And first of all, I want to say Happy New Year's, but it's been so long. We've been just trying to get back, but we're back. And we got a lot of great, great information for you today about Section 8. And so, you know, as we are embarking on the welfare tour, one of the many questions we get asked is about Section 8. And they're asking us specifically, they're asking. So specifically, we get asked a lot, you know, you got the voucher, you got the voucher, you know, like it's like like a lifesaver. Now, don't get me wrong. Affordable housing back in the day, you know, slums and stuff like that, you know, um, decent, safe and affordable housing was not always afforded to us. That's number one. But let me just tell you about peep games. A lot we got to cover. So we got to kind of just going to move it along. Number one, for you guys that may not know what Section 8 is, who don't know Section 8? Like, everybody knows Section 8. And if I don't know, if you don't know Section 8, then you've been living, like, in a hole in the crevice of the earth somewhere. Section 8 basically is a HUD-subsidized or USDA-subsidized subsidy program. So it is a program where, you know, the government will pay a portion of your rent. That's number one. It was designed initially to give what they call neighborhood family choice. See, I got my notes here. I'm, I'm ready. Okay, it was initially designed to give what they call family choice so that families did not have to live in concentrated, isolated poverty, impoverished, you know, just urban slums. So they thought, let's give this Section 8 voucher to people so they can live in wealthy communities. Like, let me get my crickets, because if you think about it, you really think for one minute that wealthy people would want poor people to live with them? No, absolutely not. And so while they told um, Black folks, you know, on our side, they sold us on neighborhood choice. And for some part of it, it has actually benefited. It has actually given some families real choice. However, on the other side, when it comes to landlords, okay, it's, it has always been the game that just don't accept the voucher. So for long, long periods of time, people were just saying, we do not accept Section 8. Until people started to challenge that and said that was actually a violation of fair housing because minorities, though though we may make up 13% of the overall population, we actually make up more than 49 to 50% of this program nationally, which tells you disproportionately the African-American female head of households, like in the Obama administration, said we we were the face of poverty. And so, but I want you to put a pin in that because I want you to just see the game. My goal here is to help you peep 
the game. Now we live in Clubhouse under the HUD Housewives um, edition or room and we hear um, Faithful coming back. I know we've been gone, but our job is just to try to get this content out as consistent as possible. When you do not have limited, when you have limited budgets, it's hard to get a whole crew to produce and all of this other stuff. It's hard to kind of keep that content. But that is my promise to you that we will actually come as, you know, at least weekly to give you something because there's so much here that you guys actually really need to know. Um, and so let's talk about if we're going to first, like what now, here's the solution that people were telling you. We're talking about peeping game. We're talking about Section 8 moves and you getting access to these solutions. But what about the solution that they're telling you? What they're telling you is that we have to, you know, close the gap on income discrimination. And so a lot of states, which is a good thing, at least do something. Many states are now closing the gap on income discrimination. So making it a discrimination, like what they call a protected class, making income a protected class is now on the agenda of many states. So if it's not on your state's agenda, it needs to be on yours as a citizen of the United States. So if you are an advocate, the one thing you should be advocating for is income discrimination. While that will not be the arrow, the end all wherewithal, because what also is happening is landlords are actually charging more than the rent. You know, um, so if you have a voucher that's say twenty three hundred, they're actually just going to charge twenty seven hundred, whereas in the past. It used to be somewhat like this unspoken rule that if the voucher was a little bit more, that family would pay it, but it was illegal. So families could not just pay more money. You're not supposed to pay more money than what the voucher is, and you pay your tenant, what they call it, the TTP, I think your tenant total payment, something like that. And so, yes, income discrimination can help. It's not the end all be all. Next, I got tax payments. Let's talk about tax payments. So Tax payments is actually what is making these subsidies. So when we're talking about subsidy, there's this, this myth that all oh, subsidies is for poor people and subsidies is for the downtrodden and degraded and like they got a disease or something. Let's be clear for the record. The subsidies, while we know that entitlements that are offered to poor Americans living at or below poverty level are designed in ways that keep them in a cycle of dependency, Entitlement programs that are offered to other folks are structured in a way that aids them in their prosperity. And so we're going to prove that case for sure, because we're talking about welfare. That's what Can I Live is right here. We're moving a million moms of the welfare system. And if we're not talking about making welfare, the distribution of America's welfare, then what are we really talking about? And so I wanted to make sure that everybody knows that number one, the subsidy that families are getting, whether you poor, is taxpayers' money, meaning I paid, you paid, everybody paid. But how come the rules when it comes to us is different than when the rules go over there? So it's the same subsidies that you get if you own financial aid. I don't know about you, but when I was a student, I love that financial aid. That financial aid is still taxpayers' dollars. Your veteran benefits. If you are a veteran, you serve this great country. Guess what? Those benefits, taxpayer dollars. The corporate bailout, when we receive that corporate bailout, that was taxpayers dollars too. When we, you know, these kind of credits, earned income tax credits, that's given to you. That's still like a debit from the, 
the general ledger of the United States Treasury in some way given to families, just like the mortgage income deductions that is given to homeowners. Okay, so we're, we're going to make sure we understand that either one, you understand that these unemployment benefits that we all got during COVID, all this PPP money, even though some of that PPP money was loans and some was grants, the SBA loans, all of that stuff. That was government funded taxpayers money that we all will have to pay back at some point in time. So since we know that, I'm trying to understand what's the problem with the Section 8 subsidy. Okay, so somebody might say, well, how do you even get the Section 8? Well, we already know that Section 8 used to be the golden ticket. In fact, people would wait on these lists for 10 years and then start hopping from state to state whenever a new list will open. That's the game. The second part of the game is people will actually go into a shelter because shelters actually have a partnership with the housing authorities, the local housing authorities, who are the managers of Section 8. Not all of Section 8, but some Section 8. And so when you talk about who funds it, you're talking about HUD, United States um, Department of Agriculture, and those funds are sometimes given through, well, most of those funds are going through public housing authorities, local quasi-government entities, but then they're also going into cities and, you know, they're also cities and states are able to, you know, dish that money out. It could be a form of rapid rehousing. It could be long-term project-based rental assistance, any kind of rental assistance. It doesn't matter. Still taxpayers' dollars. And while it used to be the golden ticket, it is not the golden ticket anymore. In fact, it is about to snare some of you guys up if you are not careful. And so do not wait for your public housing authority if you are living in a public housing authority, don't wait for the relocation to come and then you get the piece of paper on your door saying we're relocating. Now, you don't have to move, but if some of you guys want to actually get out of where you are and actually, you know, build wealth, because you can purchase your home with your voucher. I don't know if a lot of people even know that much, but you absolutely can purchase your home with your voucher. So while I know that there are a lot of women out there who would subject their children into just deplorable living conditions just to get the voucher. And I'm not going to lie. I remember maybe four or five years ago, I ran my own business and I just hit a wall. I couldn't make a sale to save my life. And I had told um, Kimberly, dear Kimberly, I was like, you know what? I'm out here trying this stuff. This stuff not working. I'm going to just go and get me a Section 8 voucher. I said, everybody else doing, I'm going to just go to whatever kind of little humbug town that got the voucher list open. I had just, that's how I even thought of it because I heard that there was a list open. So she was like, really? Like, just get a job. And the way she said it was like, I was like, wow, just go get a job. I was like, you know what? You've been an entrepreneur for probably a decade. Getting a job should not be beneath you. And that's what I did. I went and got a job. So let me ask you, why is going into a shelter an option? I don't know. I don't even know. The waiting list be like 10 years, but I need you to put a pin in the waiting list like 10 years because they are flushing those waiting lists down. And if you move and your address move and you don't call and let them know, hey, I move, I need you to make sure you got my new address. You're going to be now if you go in state to state and you got your whole name on like seven, eight vouchers, you is about that. You about that game. I ain't going to say you about to come up. You about that game because that that that's just straight ridiculousness. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, we do so much to be so little. We do so much to stay so small in this whole entire game. And so if we're talking about, you know, what is the problem? OK, we got that. We got it. 
There's a real life problem out here. Then let's talk about what's happening right now on the ground floor. Because what many of you, I've said it before, you've heard me say, I think these acronyms go above people's head, but okay. So public housing is redeveloping. I'm gonna try not to say these acronyms, but it's they're moving, they're privatizing. And so in order for them to redevelop, they have to move you out in order to redevelop the property. And many families are getting Section 8 vouchers. Now, the interesting part about this also is I have seen firsthand how some people, if not many, not some, several, several families are being offered a letter that actually tells them that if they take the voucher, they're waiving their right to return to the unit in which they came, not the unit, but the property in which they came. So if you take the voucher, you're going, you can't come back. And I think that's real foul, but okay. So families get the voucher, families relocating, families moving out. Okay. Just, just put a pin in that because we're going, we're going somewhere with this whole analogy. Very important that I felt led to just at least say this much because at the end of the day, it's not going to be because you didn't know. So when families opt in to receive these vouchers in during a relocation, be mindful that you're not signing away the opportunity to come back because what happens if you can't find the housing? So yes, you could get an extension, an extension, an extension, but they're only going to give you but so many extensions. And so you want to make sure that through the extensions that you're actually able to find a house. Now, getting a house on Section 8, that's a whole G. You got to prepare for that. That is not something you move from, you know, chilling you know, and then one day you get the voucher. That's not how that thing even works because now there's so many different rules, whether it's credit, whether it's deposits, whether it's this, some housing authorities, while they should be making sure that you're, they're paying for your moving expenses. I've seen in cases where they didn't. Now I'm sure there was some nuance as to why, because if they're going to relocate you, they actually do put money to relocate you. But guess what's happening? Moms are taking the vouchers, maybe some dads. They're taking the vouchers with their families. And guess what? They think, okay, I got my voucher. First thing they do is go into their local cities to find out, you know, who taking a voucher. Uh, crickets. Ain't nobody taking the voucher in your local city. Not really. And so then you're like, okay, hmm, I'm stressed. Let me, you know, I'm on every Section 8 list. What's up with these application fees that you still got to pay? You know, not everybody's helping with the application fees, stressful. Then let's talk about the porting versus absorbing. That's real important. We didn't even get to the real nitty gritty. I'm almost there. But I want to talk to you really quick about porting and absorbing. If your voucher is of a standard, the payment standard is basically saying this is the most money that this housing authority, this is the most money. If, you're, if your um, housing authority is has a payment standard and it's like, well, this is the most money that this housing authority will actually pay for your voucher. So let's say you move from D.C. and your voucher is $2,300. But there's no place in D.C., Maryland, Virginia. But, you know, you got family on the West Coast. You want to move to actual, um, what they call it, like San Diego. But let's say the vouchers out there is like $3,000 for, you know, four bedroom. And so when you get on... When you get the voucher, first of all, you got to call San Diego and ask them, are they currently accepting or porting? Are they porting or absorbing voucher? You would like to port in. What's the process? They tell you what the process is. Then secondly, if that new agency, what they call the receiving jurisdiction, 
If the receiving jurisdiction's payment standard is higher than where you came from, the initial jurisdiction, the chances of you moving there is, is gonna be slim. So you've just circled and made all of this time and spent all of these wheels trying to get a voucher into a whole housing authority that will your payment standards are higher than yours. And when you're gonna find that out, but three weeks, four weeks, six months, maybe, you know, not six months, but you probably done lost the voucher by then, but way down in there in the in the beginning. And so we're working on a system that will be able to show families that first, here's the payment standard. So you can know whether or not you can pour into these housing authorities from gates. So we're excited about that, but we can't release, but so much details to you. So stay, stay, stay tuned for those details. So yes, your relocation, you're stressful. The vouchers are not being taken. This is happening. And now you're off to the races and you can't find, and your voucher time is running out. Now, there has been talk about HUD and other, um, what is it? You know, whether it's HUD, I, I saw in the B, Build Back Better build where they were actually going to be considering incentivizing landlords to take the voucher. Now, I want you to just think about incentivizing the landlords to take the voucher. What does that mean? They're going to pay more landlords or pay the landlords more money to accept the voucher they don't already want to take in the first place? To whereas it'll be so, you know, advantageous that you could not turn it down because it's just for money. Okay. Sounds like a good idea, right? Sounds like a good idea. Let's incentivize landlords to take the voucher that they don't want to take. Let's just pay them an absorbent amount of money that they can't say no, just so we could give these poor people an opportunity to live in a house. And guess what? Someone else gets to pay your mortgage and help you build even more wealth. Mm -hmm. That's how that goes. But again, I want you to put a pin in it because I want to recount all of these pins that we're talking about because I'm building, I'm building something here because I want you to see. Now, I remember when we talked about, you know, let's, let's look at the system for what it is. I remember we said some time ago in one of these podcasts somewhere, slavery was a choice and you know, I used to actually believe that until, you know, I just received more information. But then I have to ask, well, if slavery back then was not a choice, we did not have a choice. And they were getting hung, lynched, burned at the stake. They was castrating folks live, branding folks. Now that's some real fear. That's real fear. But okay, we're not under that kind of fear. Or are we? Are we still under the same kind of fear? And, and how is it that we can still have that much fear today with no evidence of any real fear like that, like physical fear, like back then? So where I think we all have a part to play in this, families have to take accountability. Because on one hand, we can't go like this. Hey, hey, I want the voucher. Can I get the voucher? You know, can I get the voucher? I, 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 I want the voucher, please. You know, like the golden child. We can't, we can't, we can't be there with the voucher, handout for the voucher instead of coming up and you don't need the voucher. Instead of coming up, doing all that you have to do to make sure that you never need the voucher. Why is that not an option? That's number one. Why would we believe that it is okay to subject our children to these deplorable conditions in the shelter, which 
message. I get that from my, my boy OT. Did you know that they will pay a shelter almost three times more than what they pay for your voucher? Go ahead and get on to the shelter. They're going to pay that shelter at least 3000 I mean, 3000 three times more. I know of families who voucher bills for a family of three and four, 10 grand a month, 10000 So you could pay the voucher folks 10000 a month to live there, right? No, let me let me back up. You could pay the shelters $10,000, absorbent amount. I promise you it's more than that voucher to live there. You even pay the landlord more money to open the house to them because you want to house the people, right? You just want to house poor people because your job is to provide affordable housing, is it not? Mm-hmm. Job. So wait a minute, let me go back. So we're going to pay the shelters 10, three times more than what the voucher is for you to be homeless and traumatized in that deplorable situation. Uh-huh, right? Because the chances of you moving out the shelter in your whole right mind is slim. And if you moved in there with half a mind, it's going to be gone by the time you move out. Shelter get paid three times. They will incentivize these landlord to get more money for putting you there. And if not more money, then they're even some conversations about tax credits, just like the regular LIHTC, the low-income housing tax credit. They're thinking about, you know, in some jurisdictions, applying that tax credit to the actual, um, they're thinking about applying that same tax credit to landlords. So if anybody knows about LIHTC, and sometimes it's confusing, but basically there's the 4%, 9% tax credit. And you get to, if you do the 4%, which is not as competitive, you basically need, you could carry a 4% tax credit across, you know, for like 10 years. And so they're going to willing to give the landlords something like this. Now, this doesn't exist really, not that I know of. I know there's conversations of it. And I know more and more and more people are talking about ideas of how to incentivize landlords. But this is what they're not talking about. Why are they not talking about just helping families purchase their own homes with the voucher? Let me get my crickets. Hold on. Can't you buy your Section 8 house? Can't you use your Section 8 voucher for a home? You can. You absolutely can. For most of you guys don't know that you can use your Section 8 voucher. If you had a Section 8 voucher, you can absolutely use your Section 8 voucher to purchase a home. I feel my crickets. I don't even know if y'all can hear it because I'm screaming in two places. Crickets. So... If, and guess what, y'all, what is worse? Somebody say, what's worse? What's worse is HUD actually has homes on the HUD exchange. If you go to HUD homes, I think it's HUDHomestore.com, you're going to actually see vacant homes. Somebody go get the God. Somebody go get, I'm about to say get God, get the God, get a God. Do you have a God? Somebody go get, find a God, build a God. Go do something righteous, something more just than what we're doing right now. Because you as as HUD, as an entity, the housing and urban development, the same people who were critically, um, if what do they call it, um, influential or just they initiated the whole red blocking, blockbusting, the whole entire segregation was, was anchored 
by what used to be called the Federal Housing Administration, which is now called HUD. Same beast, different name. Let's make that plain. But you got HUD home stores, vacant homes. Now, guess what, HUD? I'm going to tell you this. Go ahead, please. Somebody go and get a bright idea. I hope one of your staff is listening to this and y'all just get a bright idea one day. Like maybe we can have the HUD homes and give it to the moms and have them buy with their vouchers, please. And then take all the credit because at this point, I don't even care. Sometimes we'd be so used to wanting to hold on to ideas. It's like, listen, if God freely give it, give it. This is about housing America and keeping America's most most vulnerable families. What you do unto the least of them, you do unto the greatest. You do unto God, and he's the greatest. What you do unto the least of them amongst you, you do unto God. And if you think that the God who gives ears, I always do this, the God gives ears, ears, and the God who gives eyes does not see the injustice, you are absolutely wrong. And so consider this now. It's just a message, right? But let's talk about it. Let's keep, I'm going, listen, it gets better because I got something a little bit more juicy for you right now, okay? So we just was talking about making welfare. So you know, can I live is on a welfare tour. We're saying, we don't want your welfare. We don't want these little crumbs. We don't want these little Annie Panty crumbs, disability crumbs, little TANF crumbs, SNAP crumbs. SNAP got a lot of crumbs though because they got a lot of food stamps that they be given. Shout out to the SNAP program, USDA. But we want, a, we want wealth fair. We want a fair distribution of America's wealth. And here's why. All we're saying is, listen, the same nice little cushiony stuff you give to the people on the right or the left, whatever one you want to put, the same stuff you give to them, give to us. For example, here's my favorite example. And I don't know if you know, but did you know that public housing are, when I told you public housing was privatizing, they're actually having to go out and find developers who will help them develop their land. And guess what? In order to develop a land, to develop the property, that developer is charged with getting the financing for the team, for the job, for the project, and ensuring that the whole entire project gets done. So they're the ones that's you know, on the hook. But HUD has backed up these loans. It's like having a guarantor. It's like having a... What do they call it? Um, what do you have when you somebody co-sign, like a co-signer? So HUD has provided these this backing for these loans. And most of these loan terms that either the bank is given because HUD is actually, you know, backing them. I don't know the little intricacy de details, but I do know this much because I have read the paperwork. I have sat in the meetings with these individuals and I know for sure because they told me the Office of Recapitalization at HUD, they are given soft loans. Soft loans. Somebody say soft loans. So, Have you ever heard of a soft loan, number one? They're giving soft loan to the developer. So I remember sitting in the room and I said, well, what is a soft loan? They said, well, I'm going to read you what, what the, the online folks say when you Google it. Google soft loan. A soft loan is soft financing. It's a loan that is given to next to no interest, if any, little to no, if any, and extended grace periods offering way more leniency than a traditional loan. 
So I said, well, what does that mean when you can give these developers a soft loan? They said, well, in the event that the profit is not high, they don't have to actually pay it back. Let me get my crickets again. What? What? How does, how does HUD allow the developers or these, you know, these, you know, the, the groups soft loans? You ain't got to pay back if you don't have a lot of profit and who knows the terms of the soft loans. If you want to, but if you really want to start something, go start foyering HUD's Office of Recapitalization and ask for the RAD paperwork the rental assistance demonstration and go see what kind of terms. I just want to see all the soft loan, soft loan terms that they are given to these developers. And all we're saying is, hey, give us the same terms. So instead of having moms out here stress the heck out with their children running into the shelters with half their mom in the street somewhere and the other one trying to hold on, Instead of incentivizing that landlord even the more and saying, I'll pay you more, how about, and instead of us having to go through big old law changes to make income discrimination against the law, when they only gonna just jack up the price of the Section 8 voucher anyway, how about we just hold HUD accountable? How about you better find out who really is, is this thing helping? Remember the whole eugenics program, how it used to kill all the black babies, the poor babies, the retarded babies. And then they thought that that was so heinous. So they changed the Planned Parenthood. And that's why Planned Parenthood is like all in the black communities aborting all the black babies. It's the same beast. It's just a different name. And so this beast we call affordable housing is a big lie. It is the biggest myth, the biggest Ponzi scheme that you ever could ever imagine. So I want to let you guys know that when you cannot find a voucher, you know, I was on a call yesterday. I want to say it was with the, I don't want to say their name because they, they, they get me, they, I'm, I'm, I, they get on my nerve all the way too. I want to say their name. Because I'm tired of these organizations that don't look like us. Most of these organizations, Caucasian, American, American, um, you know, and they get all the money and then they're trying to tell, they get paid to tell us what we need to do when we like, well, can y'all just do what's right? Y'all going to keep making up stupid laws every five minutes and y'all can't even obey the laws that's in the land right now. And then you won't even task this Philistine called HUD because you get paid from them. So they won't bite the hand that feeds them. And I heard yesterday, they was like, it's time for class action. I would agree. And on that, I'm going to take, I'm a cricket. I'm going to do my crickets. And I'm going to take me a nice little sit right now. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's time. Oh, it's time. It's time. But everybody's scared. Of the, first of all, ain't no attorney even going to jump in that ring to take hug because they said it's suicide. So people, poor people can't even find a legal defense. Now they'll jump in the ring to take you know, to, to help you with everything else, they'll take your housing authority to, to law, to, to court. They'll sue the housing authority, they'll sue the landlord, everything, but they won't go sue the big guy because they're scared. But they said they're helping us. They're not helping us, ladies and gentlemen. They're not helping. And I'll be the first. And in fact, I got a question. In fact, in two or three more episodes, I will start to just blast folks with a whole name. 
I'm going to just start putting organizations right on blast. So with the developers having these soft loans, so you're telling me you got a whole HUD inventory with vacant lots, houses that could be fixed for moms and dads. You got, um, you got thousands, tens of thousands of vouchers right now in the whole United States and half of them cannot find homes. You got landlords who will not take it. And these moms are, and you got shelters that's full. And then not only are the shelters filled, but they got tents given to families right now. If you go into some of these nonprofit organizations saying you homeless or you maybe, I don't know about no social service, that better not ever be. But trust and believe, if you go down there and with your homeless, I know families right now that they walked away with a tent. Go, here is a tent for you and your family. That's like, go take this piece of bread and y'all just go die somewhere in a corner. So we could do all of that. But you telling me that we can't just go and take our moms and take our HUD homes. And instead of imagine, oh, I feel the Lord. Imagine if all the women that had their vouchers could just go pick out the house that they want and take their voucher and say, hey, HUD, you the damn landlord anyway. Let's make that plain. HUD is the landlord. He, they, most of the, it's HUD or the USDA or the, the funders. And guess what? At the end of the day, damn it, we the funders because we pay these taxes. We pay these bills. So I want to take my portion or my little portion of the taxes and I want to tell them they can go ahead and just tell the moms to just start looking for homes for them. And since they could buy a house with the voucher, how about we do like a seller finance? Finance the house yourselves, HUD. How about that? You know, the same soft loans that you give to these developers, give those same loans to our moms and dads and let's cure affordable housing. Let's put an end to homelessness just like that. Real simple. But the heart, the heart, will the heart let them do it? So I'm going to bring Dr. McTarian on right now. Hey, Kimberly, I think you got to unmute yourself. Because I'm all, I'm all, I'm going to work my whole self up. My heart is like, you know, I get real nervous when I got to talk about this stuff. Not nervous, scared, but nervous, like I want to smack somebody. And y'all know I got that smacking anointing. Go ahead, Kim. Well, good afternoon. Good evening, rather. Can I live? Fans out there. It is such a pleasure to be with you all on today's podcast. And I do apologize as I had to deal with the city issue. Um, right well as to what you all are dealing with today. And I want to say thank you, Raquel, for inviting me on. Um, and to be a part of such a powerful um, historical, uh, groundbreaking event for humanity. Um, this is, I believe, the epitome of where America needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, at a place where it's repent or die. Why? Because our people are already suffering from the lack of value and the lack of ingenuity mm. that humans are afforded to have when you cause an entire people to go into hiding from their own gift, they're scared of their own selves. They're scared to come outside and get in the market. They don't want to be placed on the market anymore. This is a crime. Do you not break that down when you said they don't want to be placed on the market? That's when you, you just would just, I guess, live under Section 8 forever and just don't do nothing else. That's like living under your gift. 
taking your gift and just sitting on it. Absolutely. And there's a scripture for those who are out there in radio land and podcast land that believe in scripture that says, you know, when we in fear go and bury our talent and bury our gift, you know, the father rebukes us for that. Um, And so we have to draw our people out of hiding. And for whatever reason that hiding may have come about, we can no longer afford to see because those gifts are supposed to be given, exchanged. That means we are lacking in something if you have populations of people not exchanging their Christmas gifts. Come on, y'all. I know y'all thought Christmas was on uh, December 25th, but I can assure you it's daily. Mm -hmm. We have a duty to exchange every single day. And when you have entire populations who are uh, broken, so broken and in survival mode, survival is for animals. Uh, I'm gonna say that again, survival are for animalistic behaviors. So if we're not pouring into those gifts and drawing those gifts out, then what else do we expect but the gun violence in our communities? That's right. Come on, y'all, wanna die? instantly come on six-year-olds 10-year-olds dying of stray bullets because we we just all sat on our gifts we i remember you said we were a prescription for the earth you have a problem that you should be solving but if this if the system says hey come get this voucher and just sit there you can't work the the fact that you would even trade in your gift for the voucher and just choose not to work and just sit on it right And to give, I mean, to receive, but never to give. That's not a real economy. That does, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. So what more can truth, where's the church to say, hey, baby, you owe me your gift because I owe you mine. If a man don't work, he don't eat. So where are we to say, hey, we're supposed to be standing with our brothers in their weakness. Yes. Let the weak say that I am strong. And don't let us find out that there's a system that is making or creating yes. their weakness. Come on. Charles Darwin said it best. If the misery of the poor be caused not by the laws of nature, but by our institutions, then great is our sin. Say that again, Raquel. If the misery of the poor be caused not by the laws of nature, like the tsunami or the Hurricane Katrina's, but by our institutions, these systems. He says, great is our sin. Great is our sin. Great is our sin. And so, you know what? We have a duty. We have a duty to intervene. You know, they say the police have a duty to intervene, but we do too. That's right. Believers, we call you to stand up. Come on, people with some common sense. You better stand just up common. and say, just come. Uh, just a heart. Do you love? Do you love your brother? He said, love me with all your heart and soul. That's right. And then love your brother as you love yourself. And then we could, it's all filled right there. We ain't even got to go to the left. We playing too many games for two real commandments. Like, that's it. Come on. And love your brother as yourself. So if you won't sit down and you're excited about God moving you forward, then what about your brother? Come on, somebody better. We better. Uh, that's, right. that's our real economy. There is no other economy but love. Amen. It pays. That's right. Love before we before money was made. God made us, and He made us to exchange our gifts. We are still supposed to till the ground, learn about the world around us, and serve with our hands. I don't care what we get paid. Because the market is already tricked and rigged. And even if you get a, a raise tomorrow, somebody's going to be complaining a month later that is not enough. 
So that's not what we were supposed to be designed to do. We're not contingent to work based off of, yes, a living salary, yes. But guess what? We are still commissioned to do God's will. We are still commissioned. I tell people all the time, I bet you go fix that toilet. I don't care who pay who. If that plum, if the plumbing starts backing up, you want to make sure that plumbing is fixed. But I think in our society, the system has caused us all to say, you know, that's above my job description. Um, I ain't getting paid enough for that. Um, you better go call this person. I'm not doing that. Like we've become so segmented, compartmentalized, and what we will and will not do for our for our brother and sister. Absolutely. Well, in, you know, yeah, that's because we're is capitalism over community. Mm. And so when you are under a capitalist society, then you tell yourself you have a right to denounce your brother. Well, he should have did this or he should have did that. Well, I can't tell you he may ever, but it's still our duty to keep pushing along. You said something before. You said the system has even trained us how to fix this problem. And I think that was profound. Because we think, oh, let me start a nonprofit. Oh, let me go get this grant money. Oh, let me go and start. And why? Because that's the way the system has told us that we need to solve this problem. When we're just, we just laid out a, a different way to look at it. Because this problem, I need you guys to know that this problem could really be solved. Yes, it takes love and nothing else. Because if I was at the helm of HUD, I promise you all the HUD inventory, all the moms with Section 8s, they will have their vouchers, and we will be looking at the HUD inventory. We're going to get Habitat for Humanity, and we're going to fix them up. We're going to put the vouchers right into these homes. We're going to do a seller finance because I'm the landlord. I can do what I want to do, and I'm going to apply the same rules that I apply on the wealthy side and giving them soft loans to pay back when they want. I'm going to apply the same rules. What you do with the little shows what you do with the much. But what you do for one, you got to be willing to do for all because God is no respect of person. The, his mercy shines on the just and unjust. So what more are we supposed to do for the least of them in our communities, but to make sure that they have the housing? Oh, these people like we're going to pay a shelter three times more, but we won't just take our money and just let that person's voucher go into their own home. You can already purchase a home with your voucher. So you're telling me HUD cannot do a seller finance on their whole inventory just to prevent moms and their children from being homeless? So we don't have a we don't have an affordable housing problem. We don't even have a landlord problem. We have a love problem. Absolutely. And and we also have a we have a truth problem. True. Hmm. Um, let's be honest. Um, how many of you all out there have ever taken the census? The census is designed to tell you who lives in your city, your county. It calculates, it tabulates, it head counts almost like a prison. And it also calculates as if they actually take the census in prison. They also take the census in nursing homes. They take the census for schools, uh, for the school budget, how much money is gonna be allocated to that city or the county. But don't you think they take that same account for housing? So for you to tell someone after you've counted their head, and receive funding mm. that they there is no argument or waiting list for schools. They always seem to have enough money True. off of the census. They don't say, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go to a waiting list because we don't have True. enough funding. I like for that. Schools. Yeah, come on. Absolutely. There's no waiting list. Imagine that. It would be like, what kind of America are you that you got a whole waiting list to get it to school? Right. 
but because housing involves banking and banking involves value mm. and value also um, equates to wealth. They will put us in the queue. They will take us off of the market. And so you have to make sure that you understand that um, this is this is not by happenstance that you're hearing these. If you actually, there's already been enough funding allocated to the needs because as soon as you cannot provide um, housing or a house, automatically they put you in a hotel or a shelter and get and transition that money over to the shelter. Mm-hmm. Come on now. They was transitioning that money over to uh, a hotel, but they won't provide for you your own place of inheritance, something that every human is worthy of. Everybody. Every human. Should have decent, safe, affordable housing, one that you are not burdened to pay. And wait a minute. And not one that you should be paying 30 years and 30, 30 years in. And, and then the only thing you paid is the interest. Now, wait a minute. Hold okay, on. Because that's a whole little Ponzi scheme. Because I never <laughs> understood. And we, you know what? Dude, let me tell you about these no, two right here. Mm-hmm. We went and sat and took a real estate course together. And we were pinching each other under the table because we could not believe the game that was being played. So while they're teaching us in the class and everybody's like, I'm gonna get my license. I'm gonna be this little boy. I'm about to go sell it. We sitting there like, they're done heist in America right here. And we were learning about it in the class. And this one stopped the instructor who was a former FBI agent and drilled him down to the floor. And so people was going, those are some good questions, but I can't believe you're asking those in, in person. So we were having a moment where we almost was gasping for breath, the tactics that America uses to hijack the wealth. Yes. And through, through what do they call their homes? I guess what? Real estate. Real estate. estate. Yeah. And so when, when you, so what they're saying is they've already redlined who is worthy to yes, be homeowners or not. This spirit is the same, same from back then. They're doing it still. I just need you to see who it is. So before y'all start running around trying to get a voucher, you better go pray and say, what's my come up plan, Lord? What, what do you have for me before I go get this voucher? Can you just find a way to protect me and, and you know maybe increase my ability to pay into this thing, maybe come crashing down? Because I promise you, here we are about to go pay. Here's the deal. Like Kim was just saying, 30 years to pay a mortgage? You're going to pay a mortgage on a home and then own it. Go ahead and take the equity out if you want to. You got to pay. You're going to have to take a whole loan for your own equity. Then it ain't your equity. How you going to borrow your own equity? How they do that? Where they do that at? That's a lie. And you believed it. So they tell you the, the American dream is to do this, 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 this. But you just pay your whole mortgage off and got about $200,000 worth of equity that you got to borrow from the bank and guess what go get another loan now you about to go get another loan damn it you just paid the house off i thought the equity was yours that should be cash money that is a lie that's a lie that's a lie y'all and the banks have already received theirs through the check and now you're paying your own self back in interest through sweat equity so again um they are loaning you your money back to you. Again, Shush. 
I mean, I, 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 I think sometimes when you get lied to so much, when all you hear is lies, 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 Christopher, you know, we still believe that shit is still in the books where Christopher sailed, the you know, he discovered America. Like we still got this. Yeah. We have not even addressed the stupid little lies. So, you know, you ain't going to address the big ones Absolutely. that's sitting up and li- listen, look outside your door, go into, go outside your door. And I want you to count the cranes in the sky. I want you to count the number of developments that is being developed, the luxury homes that's being developed in your local community. And you tell me if we got a housing problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We don't got no housing problem, boo. We got a war. It's a war on those that are not. But here's the deal. It's one thing to have the poor. You know, the Bible says the poor will be, be you know, be with you always. But what... But what about the systematic poverty that is created? Yes. Absolutely. Like this is a different poverty. This ain't this ain't poverty. No, this is a poverty pimping business. This is called racial injustice. This is called systematic racism. This is called an abonomy. This abonomy. Ain't even a abonomy. The phlebonomy. It's called an abomination. It's called wickedness. wickedness. And we better watch ourselves because a lot of us are working in these systems that are just as responsible for keeping this stuff going. Absolutely. And I promise you, God is gonna come. He coming for it all and he coming for it now. And so as the sound goes into the land, make sure that you're not found. Don't be found with your hand out, with your gift, with your gift. Because he's going to say, well, what did you do with your time? You done sat here all this time on Section 8. You ain't got a business. You ain't got a house. You ain't got a credit. You ain't got a whole, your kids ain't in order. You ain't got nothing. Nothing. But some depression and a whole bunch of sicknesses. I don't know. I, I hope you, I hope don't just be the one and share your space with the other ones that cause this mess. Cause it's too wicked. It's wicked from the same, same thing. Absolutely. I you know, I often say people uh, celebrate Jesus's birth and they say there was no room at the end, but is there a room in your end? Is there a room in your heart? What would you do to expand the rooms? Uh, I think Jacob is on. He wanted oh, to say something. Jacob. Hey, brother, um, brother Jacob. Amen. I know one thing. I'm not getting on nobody else's phone calls. I'm not signing on to nothing else that talks about, oh, let's create this no lo- this new law. Until you start holding these fools accountable for these small laws we got here, don't ask for no new laws. Come on. Good evening. How are you? Hey, Good Jacob. Evening. How you Good doing? Evening. Well, how are y'all? Well, what's Good. wrong with you? You sound you okay? No, my voice. I've lost my voice. Uh, my voice is gone. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to get it back. It'll be back hopefully by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like it just went on vacation for a minute. It'll be right. back. That's all right, brother. You're here. How you doing? If it get any better, I'd be in heaven. Amen. Hello. Amen. What's going on with you? What you got to say? Yeah. I, I was just brought up. I, I literally have, I was listening to it over on uh, uh, Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, realized I, I hit Monette and said there's a video that is attached to this and so I came over to see the video and I just came in oh well thank you for having us we're just trying to get you know the the the, the vouchers because the voucher game is is a game and we're just trying to get people to peep game and you know today I just been on voucher mode all day because you know they got these these lies talking about let's incentivize landlords and I'm like you ain't got to incentivize nobody to come I don't want to live in nobody's house that don't want me there number one 
So, Brother Jacob, would you share with us like the new vision? You know, yeah. So section three. Is, I mean, not section three, but section Eden is a Project old, Eden. Is 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 what they created? You know, what the world created. Tell us what God has so ordained you to do to bring us into the next. I about that. Absolutely, come on, brother. Know, well, I'm I'm going to I'm only going to give you a piece because sometimes you have to operate in uh, silence and secrecy. You can't. Yeah layers uh, to your enemies because your enemies sure. always find you when you throw up too many flares. Yeah, you're uh, right. But here's here's what God has given the us. Light a match. Yeah, just some heat. Put some heat. Put a little heat around here. We're gonna cover the match right here. So the reality, the reality is I, I am a firm believer that we uh in the kingdom cannot keep declaring that this is the kingdom of God and we represent the kingdom of God uh, and we keep doing the things that put people in bondage. Uh you cannot. Uh, fight Pharaoh when you are Pharaoh. Mm. So it's important. It's important uh, that we have economic empowerment. It's important that all of these offerings we're taking up, all of these uh, uh, services we're having, where all of these people are giving, uh, there needs to be some type of economic development that speaks to uh, the kingdom we say we represent. And so the, 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 the mindset and the direction that we are going very soon, the mindset and the direction we are going very soon is to take the acreage we have and to build a community within a community so that the people of God and those who are connected, who will connect to us, it will be open to everybody, but those who will connect to us uh, will have economic empowerment. Imagine you building your house on your piece of land uh, and we be the banker, your church is your banker. Not only that, uh, but we are going to put you in a position where all you have to do is pay for the structure, not the land. The land is not, well, Lord have mercy. I'm starting to get excited. Okay. So you pay for the structure, not the land, which means ladies and gentlemen, that you can get a $300,000 house and that $300,000 house will be 100% house, not land. And so imagine, imagine living in a $40,000 house or a $30,000 house, you're getting all house and you don't have to split that cost uh, with, so right now a $50,000 house on our property uh, is going to get you a four to five bedroom house and you get to make it and design it the way you desire. And so I am, we're going to do that. Not only that, we're going to have the hotel on the property, um, that, that we're going to have the first nonprofit grocery store. It's, uh, it's main location will be on our property. Property. We will have satellite locations. We will have branch locations throughout the Newport News, Hampton, Norfolk areas. However, the main distribution center will be on our property where we will be able to feed an entire family of four or four for no, no more than $60 for the entire week. And everything comes from local VA farms, comes from, will be coming from our farm. Uh, and also uh, we have a butcher in our church. So we're able to supply it at a, and I'm not talking about skirt steak and, and hot dogs and oodles and noodles. I'm talking about fresh local produce that comes directly from the farm. I'm talking about uh, filet mignon and I'm talking about New York strip and I'm talking about uh, halal chicken. And, and, and I, I want to, we give the best and the freshest. And so that aspect is going to be there. We will have our own bank. We will have our own, uh, all of the things that are necessary to bring the people into economic empowerment. 
Not only that, but we're going to make sure that those who have a vision of entrepreneurship, they will have spaces. We will have spaces for you to open up your businesses and for you to thrive because you have an entire community at your disposal. And so everything that we need will be on the property because I believe you don't have to go outside the house to get what you need that's already in the house. Uh, we are, we are, and I'm going to say this, and I might get in trouble when I say this. We are the most intuitive people the most creative people on the planet. And there has to be something that, that speaks to our creativity, that speaks to the fact that we don't need other people to be the best versions of us that we can be. We just have to get out there and start trusting each other again and get into a place where we no longer have to depend on a system that was never designed for you in the first place. So uh, that, that's the little match I like. Amen. And I know Cammy has, she run into another podcast over there. Um, so she had to leave us, but thank you for that, Jacob. And definitely not, you know, not bringing out too much stuff, but you know, I, my prayer is that with a project that, you know, we'll be in partnership with as well. We want to make sure that we don't necessarily have to go to Pharaoh or Caesar or any of them to, to, to help finance this. I believe that this project will be 100% financed by the kingdom himself, because this way we owe no man nothing but to love him. Amen. And so, you know, that is the desire. Don't know if that will always play out like that. But I do want everybody to know, you know, as we thank you so much, Jacob. And thank you so much, Dr. McTarian, for always showing your face. When we're talking about Section 8, you know, here's um, Pastor Jacob Hobson, and, you know, he goes by Jacob. You know, he has land. If you are a developer and you have land out there, you know, call Can I Live. You could email us. You could go right to canilive.org, and you can absolutely get in contact with you, and we can help you set up a development of an affordable housing solution that is a win-win for everybody that can cut the bondage the one that ensnares we could cut him right out we could cut him right out and so thank you for just coming because when we're talking about and you know we are over time but as we talk about you know just the vouchers in itself i want to just as long as you know when you think about Section 8 voucher, I want you to think about the game on top of the game. And I want you to think about that there is no problem. So the next workshop, the next type of big old conference that's talking about incentivizing landlords or the next conference that's talking about, you know, um, building affordable housing or let's talk about affordable housing. Don't go. Don't go at all because we don't have affordable housing problem. We have a greed problem. We have a love problem. And until somebody, somebody in that city is getting their palms greased from these developers. And we'll talk more and we'll dig more. I think next time we'll come back, we're going to actually dig a little bit deeper into why the affordable housing myth is actually a myth because the, of the political will. There's The political will is not there to build because of the businesses that support the politicians. And so now that we know that, I think we need to start delving in a little bit more specifically to see how the rules were actually changed to produce to where the businesses run the economy. And so that, with that being said, you guys, I really thank you guys. If you guys have questions, please be sure to email podcast at canilive.org. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor, where else? Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, 
We're um, here on Housewives. Also, we have replays in the clubhouse. You can find us streaming live on Facebook. Again, if you guys have questions on Section 8, don't ask me where your vouchers. Do I know how to get the voucher? You could go on any list, get on a horse buggy and go and trot to the next Section 8. I'm not, I'm not going to get you on that bondage. Now, if you want to know how to get off and how to get up and move up, then call us. But we, we ain't got the Section 8 voucher. So until then, till next time, you guys, see you guys later. It has been real. And I really, really appreciate the time you have taken. And we are going to go out with the love of money by the OJ. Oh,